Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. It is January 16th, 2019, Wednesday, and uh, it's your host, Frank Arone, here as always. Back from the divisional round, now heading into the conference championship weekend, so games are dwindling here. It's, it's getting down to the wire, and uh, it's kind of sad, but also fun at the same time. So anyway, let's uh, go upstairs, bring on Crowber. How you doing there, Crowber? Not too bad there, Frank. Hanging in there, but yeah, it's pretty uh, a little, little depressing here. Getting to the end of the NFL season, had a pretty good run, and uh, not 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 necessarily from release plays, but uh, pretty good run this season from the podcast. Got some good information out there, I feel like, and uh, yeah, it's also fun watching the game. So kind of uh, annoying when it comes to this end of the year, kind of getting to like you said, getting to the end of it and Super Bowl and everything. It's kind of just uh, not not quite as entertaining, I think, as the start of the playoffs or like I said, in the meat meat of the season, like I said last uh, podcast. So. Kind of a little bit, uh, oh, oh, well, though, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's a little anticlimactic. You know, usually you kind of, if your team's in it or something, the, the whole season builds up and it kind of crescendos in a super exciting finale. But for Vikings fans that haven't been in the Super Bowl forever, or, you know, even for sports betters, where I usually don't have that big a place in the Super Bowl and the, the really high-profile games, and there's just less opportunities. It's just kind of almost, uh, the season just kind of peters out in a way, and, and then you just got to wait around come around in next year so kind of sad but that's where i kick into my uh daily fantasy golf mode and <laughs> get all after that so i got that to tie me over till september hits again but anyway um all right well, let's start it off and do a little weekend recap the weekend recap all right so other than you being right about that patriots game how, how else was the rest of your weekend uh well yeah you t- stole my thunder there Frank but uh yeah pretty much my uh one only release play there it's, is the Patriots it's the M and M philosophy of the metal rap you got to <laughs> go on the uh you know the offensive by being defensive right away and throw it out there mm-hmm. so it kind of takes the thunder away from you yeah there you go but uh, yeah uh, my biggest play obviously uh release play New England minus three and a half there uh, pretty comfortable win I think even that final score is pretty deceiving I think New England had uh, that Chargers number the whole time and. Uh, also, obviously, pick of the week home with the, the New England as well. I I said it said it in the podcast, but I pretty much liked every one of the favorites. So if, I guess if any anything you had to say going into now, uh, today from the last week of the recap, to me, I guess if anything, I'd be kicking myself for not uh, trusting my my insight here first because my basically thought was you got to look every like I said this on the podcast, but you got to look uh, at every favorite going into last week in the conference. Uh, or, sorry, the divisional round um, before the conference. And I, I don't know, I, a lot of that has to do with just because they're on the bye. So it's obviously a, a beneficial thing. But then you look at these other teams, and that's what the public's going to see. They see the team just played, and they don't really keep track of travel or, or put that into the consideration for quote-unquote handicap that they might do before they make a bet. So 
uh, all that they kind of what they saw last type of thing. And that's kind of the mentality I got to uh, last week, where you'd say, "Okay, look at the favorite first. And uh, obviously, the only one I didn't like was that Philadelphia game getting points. I think that's the only one where I said I like the the Philadelphia side or pass here. And so that was the only game that actually ended up winning uh, for the the side perspective. If you put in the point spread perspective, the only team that actually uh, lost that was a favorite was uh, obviously that game there in the, the Saints uh, Philadelphia game. So. I think uh, looking forward to next year, I think it's probably something i got to probably be more on top of, but just one of those deals, even the sports books, they said uh, with that New England game, that was the first time since Brady and Belichick, I think in about 15 years, uh, that makes it about since they've needed the Patriots pretty much since that 2002 Super Bowl, uh, once they started getting together, uh, Brady and Belichick there. So it's kind of crazy to think how long it took there, and I think people just kind of had it in their eyes that the Patriots were dead and uh, don't really have it this year, and and that's why a lot of people are on the Chargers, not only yourself. So I, I think all in all, I think, like I said, it's uh, something to keep in mind here. A lot, a lot of what I try to do is just look at where the public's betting and try to, to fade those moves and fade where their their eyes at because when a lot of people get popularity and all that stuff, you get an adjustment in the point spread, and, and, and that's where it creates a little bit of value so you can come in on the other side. So uh, I think a lot of bit of value a lot of value last week I didn't quite take advantage of as much as I would have liked. But, uh, yeah, the New England got there pretty easily and handily. I think probably the easiest uh, cover all week, uh, last weekend, but, uh, that's, that's for the rest of the season. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, uh, had a pretty nice weekend, not necessarily in terms of my releases, by any means it didn't, didn't go that well, but the thing I felt most strongly about was my pick of the week that ended up uh, betting myself the heaviest, which was, a uh, Kansas city saints money line parlay. Just felt super good about that. And that was saints were kind of struggling there for a little bit, but never, I always kind of felt fairly comfortable the Saints were going to win that game out, right? Um, and then just overall, my weekend was nice. I was up uh my girlfriend hanging out and uh, celebrating her birthday. So we were at a sushi place watching the the first two games there on Saturday and had some drinks flowing and uh, had some sushi. So that was fun and, and nice and a good time. And uh, I think she enjoyed it, so that was good. But in terms of my release plays, it didn't go that well. Like I said, I had, did come in on San Diego there and that uh, was obviously just never in doubt wrong side loser. So yeah, that was they, frustrating. They moved back uh, to, to San Diego or whatever. The Chargers. <laughs> um, they should honestly just have like their name be like like slash San Diego or something for the first five years, a little grace period. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, so it was good and a bad weekend. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Then uh, I ended up, the more and more I thought about it, I'd talk myself into the Cowboys. So I ended up releasing them. And of course, they got nipped by a point or a half point there. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, but I did I did feel pretty strongly about the Saints against the spread too, and I held back from that. So at least that was good. Uh, I know we we didn't mention this on the podcast at all last week, but we talked about it pretty heavily uh, after the show. Uh, getting in there last weekend there in New Jersey, there was the sports betting national championship, and there's $10,000 entry, and uh, you had to go to New Jersey to – to sign up and sign in in person there. And then you got a $5,000 bankroll to, to bet with. And me and you were seriously contemplating flying out there Thursday night, Friday morning and, and throwing down the 10,000 and getting in that thing. Cause DraftKings was hosting it and there was over a million dollars in overlay that they were contributing to the prize pool that, uh, it wasn't going to reach its guarantee. So there was a pretty good opportunity there to potentially take a little bit of that home. And we decided against it, uh, the last, the last minute kind of and uh, I don't know it's the way it ended up I think you could have made a case that we probably should have gone or we would have been fine staying home so I don't know if you have any comments on that or it was a pretty 
pretty interesting opportunity. I know there's been some fallout based on upon the way it ended, but uh, do you have anything to say about that? Or yeah, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, we were contemplating. I think a lot of it had to do with. Um, for me personally, I just didn't want to go by myself and you were obviously busy with, uh, your old girlfriend, uh, birthday and everything, which is understandable. So I didn't really want to go by myself, but if I got anybody to come with me, one of a friends or anybody else uh, that wanted to come with and make the trip, we would have paid for it for them and got out there to, to, to Jersey city there in New Jersey. And I would have probably, if someone would have told me on Thursday or even Friday morning said that they would have been in, I would have probably booked it and, and the ticket and got out there. Um, and I think, yeah, like you said, looking at the leaderboard. Uh, you you could definitely could have made a case. We only would need to get up to about eight nine grand, I think it was, in order to make fifteen thousand dollars cash, which was min cash for that tournament. So, I think it could have potentially been pretty profitable for us. I think a lot of it would have stemmed on, like we talked about, how aggressive we would have been to try to go for the million or you know a couple hundred thousand dollar score, top five, top three, something like that. So, that would have been the big if that we don't know because you're really not gonna. It's gonna be hard to make that decision, make that call once you're actually in that position with the the, the bets and everything going. So, um. But yeah, like you said, I think we had a pretty good case where we could have made some some decent money there if we would have gone. But I think if all in all, the thing that surprises me, I was just thinking about it after the fact. Uh, I sent him an email, DraftKings, you're supposed to send, I think it was VIP at DraftKings.com, an email, asking him about a few different things about entering and where you pay, uh, how we could pay, if we could use a few different DraftKings accounts, uh, one, a little bit of money through there, a little bit of money through PayPal, or a little bit in person, whatever, kind of split up the, the entry fee as opposed to an all-in-one. And that's the way you're supposed to contact him if you want to sign up anyway. And we never, I never heard back from him. That was Thursday afternoon-ish or early afternoon and never heard a thing from him and still haven't heard a thing back from him. So, I mean, even if we wanted to, we had the money parlayed or, you know, bundled up. We got it all get ready to go. Somebody to come with me. We got the plane tickets. Bottom line is I still know how he would have registered because we never got a response from him. It was, and we had two days before the tournament officially ending, uh, the last register uh, point, and uh, we still never heard back from him. And like I said, still haven't heard back from him yet today. So, that seems a little strange to me, and uh, so, I, yeah, I kind of kicked myself a little bit after it happened, but then the more I thought about it, well, even if we really wanted to, we put it into motion. I mean, if we don't hear back from the tournament director, if someone to do the tournament to take our $10,000 buy-in, I mean, yeah, what are we supposed to do? So, um, but yeah, it was a good deal. I think it would look like a pretty fun pretty fun tournament from everything I've heard, and other than that controversy at the end, which I don't think we'll get into it here, but basically not getting able to get a bet in on that last game before the, the last final bet from the whole tournament was allowed. Uh, so he kind of was stuck with his bankroll and ended up losing because then someone that me and you both know and, and follow and listen to. So kind of a uh, funny there. And then the other thing too, like you said, that overlay ended up being, I think about 259 people, I think was the final tally. And in order to break even, they needed to get like 531 or something like that. Um, $4,700 per entry was what would go towards that pool. And they guaranteed 2.5 million. And so DraftKings themselves, they put in over a million themselves, uh, quite a bit, well over one million of uh, money them into the tournament themselves. So that's just free money for uh, everybody to split that that cash. So I don't know if that'll happen again, but that's I know what I expressed to you. That's what I feel like this that have been the year to do it was this year because you're getting all that extra overlay. But unfortunately, weren't able to make it and not able to didn't really work out. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll get to get in on the future. Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of like a double edged sword there, like you were saying about getting the the money or the deposit there, and it's like the they only have like $2,000 deposit limits on DraftKings daily. So you'd have to plan ahead in order to load up your account on there or to contact them. They don't have a phone number. So it's through the email. And if they're not getting back to you, uh, it's pretty difficult to sign up last minute. But at the same time, the reason we were so interested was because of the, the opportunity of the huge overlay. But you don't know that that's going to be the case until last minute. So kind of a double-edged sword there. Um, something that was we definitely discussed pretty thoroughly. So. 
ended up not doing it, but it would have sure would have been fun. And maybe, uh, you know, there'll be more opportunities, whether it be that tournament or similar tournaments in the future that we can keep our eyes peeled for. And I don't know, just, uh, following the leaderboard over the weekend, it was pretty fun to follow and would have been even more fun if you're, uh, heavily involved yourself. So anyway, I think that's a pretty good recap of, uh, the overall betting weekend. Getting best of the number. Getting the best of the number. Yeah, so there's one that you kind of, kind of, kind of counted. Well, yeah, that's probably the last time I do it for the year. So I might as well throw it in there. Um, yeah. Not, not, not a great example, but yeah, that Dallas game, like you mentioned, was uh, landed right on eight there um, for the final uh, Dallas Rams last weekend, and uh, thirty to twenty-two is a final score. Uh, most most of the places closed at seven or seven and a half, but there was some places throughout the week that got up to eight, and even like a five dimes, for example, they always do the thing where they put a higher spread uh, mostly for teaser protection uh, usually or just to uh, kind of be varying in the market so you give them a different different look but they did have eight and a half at close uh, with some some extra juice uh on the on the dog uh, i think it was plus what plus eight and a, minus eight and a half plus 115 so you in theory could have got that but not definitely not a great example like we've seen but i figured just something to mention here for that uh, that segment here probably the last one we'll see for the year yeah so we, we won't bring it up i'll just briefly mention it uh, going forward, unless there is something that qualifies, so we got three more opportunities. Uh, we'll see if anything lands right there or not. But yeah, well, um, two two more, yeah. Well, you got these two, and then the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, we're not gonna do the podcast after the Super Bowl. I suppose you don't want to do the the Super Bowl recap. We're just going <laughs> over the getting the best of the number. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. That's a pod. <laughs> <laughs> a minute four seconds. This is the intro. Uh, so anyway, all right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's jump into it here. So we got the NFC first. Uh, so what? Three o'clock Eastern time game here on Sunday. So we got both Sunday games, and uh, both pretty competitive games here. The first game we got the Rams heading to New Orleans. Looks like New Orleans is a three with extra juice or three and a half point favorite here at home with a total of fifty six and a half, fifty seven. Oh uh, yep. This week what I'll do here I'll give my power rating number. Just uh, strict numbers between these two and clean home field. And then also the Westgate Superbook opener there in Las Vegas, what the, what the book opened at uh, on Sunday, and then as well as uh, the total opener at Westgate. So let's get started with this game here. Uh, the Rams at New Orleans, like you said, uh, my power rating here, New Orleans minus four. Westgate open, New Orleans minus three, minus 120, and the total here opened 55 and a half. Uh, a little bit upwards moving on that total. Um, kind of Kind of what do you expect, I guess, with these last four teams that are in. Uh, number one seeds obviously uh, getting the buys last week or two weeks ago and then playing last week pretty fresh and pretty much all season long it's been for the most part been the top four teams that you know, most people have in their power rating so not really any surprise any of these teams are still here other than the fact that all of them made it here i think would be the only surprise and not one got uh one didn't get nibbled off or anything so that's uh good for us i think for a viewership perspective you get a lot of competitive gains but you know to me it's just uh, some pretty tight numbers it's uh i don't i, I don't I don't sense myself having a whole lot of bets here, uh, at least uh, side and total perspective. Might do some props or dabble some other stuff, uh, specifically in the Super Bowl. But I uh, talk about this game here. Uh, to me, uh, there's only one way I could look, I think, and that'd be uh, taking the taking the Saints here, laying the points at home. That's that uh, home field advantage. I think is pretty massive. I give them about three and a half for home field. So you're pretty much saying that they're the Rams are either slightly better here or they're about equal teams. And I just don't know if I can possibly agree with that. Uh, then add in the fact that Goff's going on the road. Uh, not in, a, in his home environment, being able to deal with the crowd and stuff. I just haven't really seen a whole lot from Goff that I you know, like a whole lot. I think a lot of that has to do with McVeigh and, and the way he coaches. I know we said it before, but you look at him, how he sits there and talks to Goff the whole time. Uh, the, 
the coach on the sideline can talk through the headset until there's 15 seconds left on the play clock. So you see every time almost he's sitting there talking and, you know, looks like he's uh, almost trying to cram for a last minute exam or something in school. McVeigh's sitting there, you know, screaming into the mic and talking behind his playbook and everything into the mic and basically until the 15 seconds gets to the, the second, then he stops talking because obviously the communication gets shut off. But I think that just goes to show you the inexperience of Goff and how, you know, not a whole lot of comfort there that he can, you, you would think as a quarterback, you'd have a lot better idea of, of, of the defense and everything else that you can see as, you know, sitting behind center. But I think that just, like I said, goes back to show you the, not a whole lot of faith that he has in Goff as a quarterback. And, you know, I can kind of see it. So I think that, that I think those, some of those vulnerabilities are going to show up here against the Saints uh, on the road. We saw a lot of that uh, as the Rams went into Chicago. I know a lot of it had to do with what, what the weather, the cold weather. But I think a lot of it, too, is just the crowd and the whole atmosphere. And I don't really know if Goff's ready for this big stage. Uh, the, the one thing that is keeping me away from this game uh, heavy on the Saints is just the way the Breeze was playing and uh, a lot of those throws. <clears throat> when I went back and looked at the game, watched the game and did some recap, uh, looked at the stats, it's just a lot of downfield passing. It, just, it wasn't there. I think just a lot of that has to do with age with Breeze. So I think that's going to be a huge factor in this game, too. Uh, if, the, if the downfield threat's not there, that's going to be a pretty limiting factor on the Saints. But all in all, I think uh, you know, the point spread's pretty close to where it should be. But I think, if anything, you got to look at the Saints side. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't I don't totally trust the Saints. Like, I, like it feels like you would with a lot of one seeds over the years, especially um, a team like New Orleans has a pretty good home field advantage and has a fairly explosive, sexy offense. It feels like they should be you should feel more confident in them or they should be getting a little bit more love than they are uh and i know the rams at the beginning of the year some people were saying they were a uh, best team in football and uh, one of the historically good over the last handful of years but that's uh, that luster's obviously kind of fallen off uh over the last half of the season and into the playoffs here so i, I like the saints i do agree with you i think breeze is a little little worrisome just with his loss of arm strength it, it seems to be pretty uh, pretty apparent now, and he he still made a lot of really good third down throws, and put his receivers in a position to to get the the third down a handful of times there against the Eagles. But it's still, it's just when you're relying on third longs like that, and uh, they come in and Taysom Hill's throwing a better deep ball than he is. It's just not something that you really want to see out of a team that you're you're uh, you know betting here and in, in a conference championship game. But at the same time, that's just the only way I'd look. Um, I do, I think you were saying with McVeigh kind of micromanaging McGoff, or Goff, uh, I think that's definitely a, a symptom of him just not totally trusting Goff and not thinking he's nearly as good as, you know, the Colin Cowards of the world think he is. Uh, I think he's, I don't know, a lot of people say he's a system quarterback. I wouldn't say he's like a totally a system quarterback and that he has to be in, you know, whatever, a certain type of offense to, 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 to flourish. I think it's more just the, how good McVeigh is, I think, is really shown through how good Goff's been, even though he's actually a pretty mediocre to below average quarterback. So we'll never truly know who's more to, to attribute this their success to until they split maybe at some point. But as of now, I'm just not really that impressed with Goff whatsoever. And of the two defenses, I think I'd even give the nod to the Saints at this point. So any factor in the home field, and I trust Breeze more and I do think they probably have more playmakers too with Thomas and Kamara and even Ingram if they get a lead. I just I just think New Orleans is clearly a, a better team here, and that's absolutely the way I would look too. And I'm not in love with laying the extra juice with three or three and a half, but uh, that's, that's definitely the way I would go here if I was to bet the game. Afternoon game, we have uh, – it's a 6.40 Eastern start time. 
You got New England heading to Kansas City. Looks like Kansas City is a flat three here at home with a total of 55, 55 and a half. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City minus three and a half. Westgate opened Kansas City three, and the total here opened 59. I think that's a pretty big something to note there. Just uh, hammering in on that under right after right after the open. Um, yeah, 59 all the way down to 55 and a half pretty much across the board. A few 56. 56 is, but um, yeah, I think I'll start here with this one. Um, side perspective, it's just, uh, I don't know. I've kind of I've wavered on this one a little bit. I was like I said, I was I was heavy on the Patriots last week. I was pretty confident with them. I just thought like uh, between the the spot wise, the coaching mismatch, and and everything else. If you just other than the players, I thought the New England spot against uh, or just the position against the Chargers last week was just a slam dunk home run position, and uh, you know kind of showed on the on the scoreboard and, and and the stats of how how much they dominated that game and and the few adjustments that the Chargers made in that game was you know, with that Lynn and every and the, and the company. Uh, uh, of the whole coaching staff of the Chargers are just you know mind blowing. Of they basically just didn't do anything. It's almost like it, almost like they were, you know, put their game plan in before the game, pregame, or just sitting there watching it play out like a robot. And it's like okay, in game adjustments, especially when you play a good team and uh, the Patriots. I mean, that's going to be key. And you just really didn't see that happen a whole lot. And uh, the Patriots scoring four times uh, touchdowns the first four drives, which I think was like a, a franchise record or something, something ridiculous. You know, at this point in their career. Uh, Brady and Belichick still putting up stats like that or putting up records is kind of crazy and a little bit mind-boggling. But all that being said, I think going to this game, uh, I, I like I said, I've been pretty low on the Patriots all year long. I thought they've been overrated. I think Gronk's kind of over the hill a little bit. Brady's looked a little iffy at times. And the, the whole player and the whole roster of the Patriots have just – they're old and, and really not that great. Like I said, the, the reason I was on them last week, I think, was just mainly spot position and, and getting the extra rest. Now you go into this week, going on the road uh, to a Kansas City team that – has a pretty decent home field advantage. I mean, even if you watch that game last week, you could hear the crowd, and they, they were definitely affecting the Colts, that's for sure. Um, but Andrew Luck, they struggled there. Uh, I know it was outdoors and the cold a little bit, but still, it, uh, that crowd was getting there and pretty ruckus. And it was, uh, I think, I think if nothing else, they'll definitely have an a impact on this game to an, to an extent. So now when you look at the point spread, uh, I'd say Kansas City, I think, is the minimum of three points uh, home field. I mean, you could argue even a little bit more, maybe three and a quarter. And... You know, so you're saying the Patriots are a better team. I just don't know if I agree with that here. So, I mean, to me, I think you got to look at the the Kansas City side again, taking the little bit of chalk here, uh, two and a half. I like a lot more if you get off that three, but and it might come too, especially after the public got burned on the Chargers last week, uh, betting against the Patriots. This might be a time where they hop back on the Patriots, thinking, okay, they're back and you know in prime form. Uh, but at the same time, obviously, it's probably going to be pretty uh, pretty equal. You'd think with this Kansas City team, the the following that they've got and the bandwagon they got behind them, so. To me, I think uh, only one way to look here again, uh, taking the favorite uh, in the Chiefs. One thing that does uh, I'm a little bit hesitant about too is just Andy Reid and and the whole you know the playoff thing that's still uh, it didn't show last week, but now you go against uh, one of the biggest you know playoff gurus in the last 15 years, 20 years, and in, in, in Belichick. Now that's uh, you know a different story as opposed to a, a newbie last week against the Colts. So. Um, and, and Frank Reich. So I think a lot of it has to do with coaching too, but I don't think it's going to have quite as much of an impact uh, in this Patriots game as it did last week. So I think lean, lean Kansas City. And then the other side, uh, I do like here, um, it's the, the total, the other part of the, the bet here. I do like the total quite a bit over. I'm already betting myself over. One of my guys uh, bet it over this morning. Uh, market's up a little bit higher now. Uh, I think it's still some value here at 55.5. Um, like I said, opener 59. 
Uh, a lot of that, I think, had to do with weather-related, so I think you're still kind of seeing a low total just because the weather is supposed to be you know, colder and not as good, so I think that's pretty much the only reason for that move. I don't really see a reason other than that, but the, the weather forecast is clearing up a little bit, and even if it is cold, I still don't think it's going to be you know rainy and crappy weather, and that's really what you have to look for. Uh, for turnovers and everything else, cold weather is not necessary. Unless it's like really cold, the uh, colder weather is really not going to affect uh, the total a whole lot. So I think that's something where the public might perceive uh, under or at least not bet it over to push it back up when it's cold like that. But in reality, if uh, as long as it's not rainy, snowy, something like that, where it's really bad or stormy, well, something like that. Windy is the windy is the biggest factor. That yeah, if it's even if it's rainy or snowy, well, sometimes that even helps the offense because they're the ones that are making the cuts for the defenders that try to match. So. If it's not windy, but it's you know a little snowy, those games go over the total more often than not because everyone tries to get scared and bet it under. But if it's windy where you can't throw the ball downfield, that's when they really have to take the air out of the ball, and that's when the total should really get hammered down. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, I think, uh, like I said, it, weather forecast isn't too alarming for me. I definitely keep an eye on it. It obviously matters a ton. But, I mean, right now, like I'm seeing a four or five, six-mile-an-hour winds is what's projected right now during game time. 23 degrees and uh, 0% precipitation. So to me, it's uh, that's not an alarming at all to me. I, like you said, the wind wind's what I look at mainly, and, and, then, and then really cold temperatures too could be uh, effective just because of the ball gets colder and like more like a rock where it's harder to grab. But all in all, that, that forecast doesn't really scare me against the over. And like I said, I think you're just getting added a couple points of value just because people perceive this bad weather uh, as opposed to the opener. So I won't be surprised at all if this if this weather is decent. It's just, I don't want to be surprised at all if this skyrocketed back up to, you know, 58, 57, 58 range. And that's where I, kind of where I expect it to close. So to me, uh, unless the weather comes in bad, which kind of risking to get a little bit of gambling, I guess a little bit that the weather doesn't get bad all of a sudden. But to me, I think uh, you got to look over as well in this game and uh, lean, lean Kansas City. Yeah, I, I like Kansas City a decent amount. It's it's kind of tricky because um, it is kind of you're grappling with the regular season. Everything you saw in the regular season, I would absolutely love Kansas City. I'd be hammering them. It was one of my heavier bets. But then you got to do factor in Andy Reid's playoff history. Mahomes is a rookie quarterback that's never been here before. You got the Patriots who looked like they were pretty washed up slash just not that talented, slash just kind of sleepwalking through the regular season, uh, which was stark contrast to what they did last week against San Diego. So who knows if that was just a great spot, two weeks to prepare, you know, home run effort from them. And now this is going to be them reverting back to the regular season form more so or closer to that. Uh, And if that's the case, which I'm kind of leaning towards, then I absolutely love Kansas City. But um, it is a little scary, like I said, to have, Read against Belichick in a game where you're laying points, and to have a rookie against Brady, uh, who looked pretty spectacular last week, laying points. So it's, I feel like I'm gonna tentatively take Kansas City, and no matter what, I'm gonna be kicking myself because I'll either say, "Wow, I should have loaded up and bet way more," because there's there's no way that these teams are equal, or New England was even a slightly better team like you mentioned earlier. I'll be kicking myself I didn't bet more in Kansas City. Or if I do lose, then I'll say, well, I mean, what are you doing with Andy Reid and a rookie quarterback against Brady and Belichick in the playoffs? That's just, you know, moronic. But um, I, I also do think the one thing is New England was quite a bit better team at home than they were on the road during the regular season. So I really don't like them outdoors here. I mean, not the outdoors, but just on the road here away from home. Uh, it's just they were just such a shaky to bad team on the road 
road. But then again, you got to take it, take a step back and say, well, is that just another thing where that's what they did during the regular season? And now this is going to be a totally different team than we saw all year. Or is that more uh, a symptom of, you know, how quality of a team they actually are. And that's going to be likely to continue here in the playoffs. So I, I got a little bit more pause than I did last week. So I don't know. I'm not going to go heavy on Kansas city by any means, but I absolutely like pretty much everything about them other than the coach and quarterback uh, better. So, and even, even the quarterback, I, I think Mahomes, if he doesn't freak out or, you know, just has a normal game, I, I think he's been playing at a much higher level where I know he has over Brady for most of the year. So even that doesn't really worry me too much. And even Andy Reid, I think, like I mentioned last week, I think he's been unfairly criticized in a lot of instances because I do think he's a good coach that just has had a handful of big games go against him. So I don't say he's as good as Belichick by any means, but even those two things don't scare me that much. But just in terms of a hindsight 2020 deal, you'd definitely be kicking yourself if uh, that's the case. But I think that, that little bit of uncomfortable feeling is part of the reason, too, why you're going to get a good value here in Kansas City because a lot of people after last week, like you mentioned earlier, they're just going to, oh, I got burned. I bet against the Patriots, and they looked like the best team in the history of football for most of that game. Uh, and there's no way I'm betting against them again this week. And for that reason, I think that's kind of why the number's down where it's at. And hopefully, um, the chances will get even lower. So uh, I like Kansas City here. And it's kind of weird because pretty much all regular season, I'm over most of the most of the underdogs. Uh, like a high majority of my bets are, are underdogs. And now I get to flip to the playoffs here. And the last couple of weeks, I've been on mostly favorites. So uh, it's interesting. But uh, yeah, either way, hopefully these should be some good games. Uh, let's wrap it up and do our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right. So last week, you had the Pats minus the four, I think it was on the podcast. Did pretty much a no sweat, uh, never in doubt winner. And. I had a Chiefs and Saints tease that the Saints were a little bit uh, suspect there for a bit, but they ended up getting there. And uh, so we both won. And that brings, let's see, what was the record? That brings me back to 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one on the season. So I'm back to 500. You and uh, you're 7-9-1. and one. So that's a, that's a heck of a comeback from, at one point you were like 1-8-1 and one or something or 0 and 7 or something like that so that's a pretty impressive comeback here over the second half and uh you still got the t-box to see if you can keep her going yeah i think that uh, nothing else goes to show you about short-term variance um like i said pretty confident in my bets i think uh release plays i had one losing season last year but my personal bets i've made myself that i've tracked in the last like four years i haven't had a losing season and that's every play that i make uh which obviously has more of a better sample size than just the plays that i release uh, to everybody on the site so uh i think yeah short-term yeah, just- var- just to expand on that sample size thing, if you got somebody that just paid attention and bet the first half of the season, they'd say, well, this guy's the worst handicap I've ever seen. And if you had somebody that just learned about our podcast and jumped on board midway through the season and you're 8-1 and one or whatever since then, they'd be like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. So it's just funny how the perception changes based on what little you know clip of time you, uh, you see or you track or what have you. Yeah, uh, exactly. So... Um, yeah, good to get back. Uh, you're getting back to 500 and everything. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it feels like the same thing that happened last year. I started off pretty slow and, and came back uh, pretty strong. I don't know. That's some, I don't know. I, th- I thought that's I think that. that's, I think that's right. And I'll, I'll also have to lie to you next year and say opening weeks, week nine. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm a late, uh, late closer there in the horse race. So, um, yeah, so let's, uh, get into the pick of the week here for this week. Uh, like you said, winding down. So I'm getting pretty nitpicky here for, 
first elections in games, so you can't get too crazy with them. But like I said, I bet uh, bet earlier today. I think I'll probably just stick with that. I uh, like a decent amount, a little overreaction with the weather. So I think I will take that New England-Kansas City game over. Leave you. Uh, and you didn't seem like you had a whole lot of opinion on that total, so I'll leave you, leave you the slate for either of the two games there. So uh, leave it open for you because I don't have a, a huge opinion on any of the games. Uh, so I'll go uh, over the 55.5 in that uh, New England-Kansas City total. All right. Um, yeah, I like both home favorites. I think just for the ease of numbers, uh, Kansas City is a flat three across the board, whereas New Orleans looks like you know, three with extra juice, three and a half, even money, different different prices, different places. So it's a little bit more of a find a good number there. Uh, but as far as I, uh, I'll just take Kansas City at the flat minus three and uh, call our day. So we won't have anything in action in the early game. And we'll be uh, the Oron Sports Pod will be on the side and the total there for the late game. So hopefully that uh, will go our way. I like it. Uh, what? I like it. All right. Yeah, any uh, closing thoughts here for the conference pod? No. Yeah. It uh like I said, I'm, every every game it seems like I think we talked about last week, every every weekend gets I think worse and worse just from the amount of games perspective and then uh especially if one of these games has to be a blowout or something like that, then you only really have one good game and then uh, hopefully it doesn't play out like that. But yeah, two games left and then we're just gonna have the one big one. So Super Bowl yeah, will be fun. I but. know it's good for you from a betting perspective, but it's pretty depressing on your last Sunday there and you got the Patriots up 30 in the first half against the Chargers. Like, all right, well, half the football day is totally wrecked. And yeah. I was way more interested in this game than I was the second one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, hopefully that's not the case this weekend. Um, so, yeah, that'll do her. Uh, we'll just have one more Super Bowl preview and conference championship recap pod. And uh, cool. do you want to do that next week or do you want to do that the week, two weeks before the Super Bowl? Um, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should throw in a Pro Bowl podcast before that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we got a hard-hitting hour-and-a-half Pro Bowl uh, preview with all our prop bets. Yeah, no, just uh, just kidding there. I don't. Uh, I probably won't even watch Pro Bowl, to be honest, so that's something I don't take part of. But uh, as in for the Super Bowl, uh, we might as well do it uh, probably, the, probably the week week before, or the week of, I'm saying. Uh, all right, a couple so days yeah, before. we'll be off then next week, and we'll be back in a couple weeks here to do our last pot of the season. It's kind of sad, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's been uh, been fun here this year, and good luck, everybody, this weekend, and we'll be back in a week and a half to break down conference championships and preview a little Super Bowl action. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more. 